Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat. a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. Welcome everybody to Leadership, the Future and Tea and again another special guest today is Jill Katz. Uh, Jill, welcome and we're delighted to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant to have you here. Thank it's brilliant. You. And we just had a, a fantastic little chat, but I just want to introduce you properly to everybody else. Is that okay? So, so, No problem. So Jill Katz is an influencer, speaker and strategy coach who is passionate about shifting the workplace to be more people focused. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Using her three C's approach, candor, courage and care, Jill helps leaders and teams build a workplace that works through organisational transformation, candid communication, cultivation of top talent and focus on culture. Wow. Do you have any spare time? I don't. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) You must love it, though. You you must heartfelt love what you do, right? I I really, really do. Do you know what? I can tell that because I've watched a load of your videos on your website. And uh, I I think the the collection of videos is fantastic. We're going to post a link to that uh, in the show notes. Um, but those videos are fantastic. And uh, I've just watched one about uh, vulnerability as well, about it's, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And um, that was super. Like it. I appreciate that. Thank you so uh, much. Good stuff. But Jill, today we want you to, we want to take your knowledge, take your, your learning about leadership, okay? And we want you to share that with our listeners because that's what this is all about, right? And I want to start off by saying to you, who is your leadership role model, please, and why? My leadership role model, it's a great question. Um, probably the answer is my dad. Great wow. answer already. That's probably the answer. Um, my dad is an amazing, amazing human being. I really, I, I was one of the first people online when they were handing out dads. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, is he is. He's an amazing human being. He is smart. Yep. He is hardworking. He is devoted to his family. No matter what he was doing, I always knew that family came first. Um, yeah, brilliant. More than anything, he was driven by his ethics. Yeah. And honesty came first and doing the right thing came first and he taught myself and my brother mm-hmm. to stand up for what we believed and to fight for what was right no matter what anyone else was saying or doing and even if it went against the grain yeah and that was really special and unusual um, and my mom was no slouch, is no slouch either. She sure. is a magnificent, beautiful, loving, positive, caring person. And so having these two amazing role models raise me, especially as a woman in a world that was certainly male dominated. I grew sure. up really believing that I was a leader and could be a leader and should fight for my beliefs. Yeah. And that's what leadership was about. What a fantastic, fantastic. start. And uh, listen, you, you are a you are a great leader and that's why you're here. And uh, we're, we're going to listen to some more about that in a minute. But what a fantastic start. Ian. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Now, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now listen, 
I'd like to ask you about the three traits that you look for in a leader, but you've just talked about some there about ethics, right? But is there anything else that really jumps out that when you meet people or you see people in operation that you just think to yourself, that's it, that's the thing right there that makes you that leader? Yeah, it's funny. People have asked me for years what it is that I look for in leaders and, and having spent 22 years leading human resources and talent and people functions and organizations. I had lists and lists and things on my walls and in my offices. And then what's amazing is I had the opportunity to put it all together in a model. And so now that's probably the easiest question for me to answer. Brilliant. And the answer is candor, courage, and care. Fantastic. <laughs> so th those are my three C's and, and that's the model that I built. And so when I think about all of the qualities that we need in a leader, mm. I think that underneath candor, underneath courage, underneath care, if you were to double click those words, yep. all, of the, all of the traits that we look for can be listed under each of them, but without the ability to say what you mean yep. in a raw and honest way, without bravery, to approach what's hard and challenging sure. and without empathy, human kindness. Yeah, there there's, no, there's nothing, is there? There's, there's nothing. Well, it's amazing that, that you actually uh, say that and you, you mentioned bravery because let me tell you, Jill, and we've not discussed this, right? But the very first episode that we did of this podcast was, uh, do you need to be brave to be a leader? Yes, yes. There you go, right? And. Uh, we had a fantastic discussion on that. And, the, and of course, the resounding answer is yes, right? And uh, as one of our podcast um, co-hosts said, it's not about bravery in terms of running into a battle bravery. That's different, right? That's very different. We're talking about that bravery to make uh, decisions, you know, in, in the face of some sort of real complexity, actually making a decision that has a profound effect on your business, both today and in the future, actually that's the bravery and where it affects people's lives, then you've just doubled down on bravery. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we were talking the other day about, um, we're talking about wants and needs, right? And being brave enough to address the needs of people, not necessarily the wants. Because sometimes doing, doing the wants stuff is kind of short-termism, but it, it, it can give you a really easier life for a period of time, right? <laughs> <laughs> it can, it can. Yeah. And the other piece is that we are now in a world that is so different. And courage is about calling on things, even when you know there's a decent chance you're going to be walking in territory that's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And what differentiates a leader, particularly today, is that bravery, that willingness to go out into the minefield, even when you know it's probably gonna suck. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. most people don't wanna do that. And when you wanna see your business succeed, you wanna see your team succeed, oftentimes you, you gotta suit up and go do it anyway. You gotta go have that conversation. You gotta go make that tough, and that's what the bravery is about and that's and that's what you're calling on and so I actually put that 
I put the courage in the middle of the model. A lot of people ask me, you know, was there a, a method to the madness when you put them in order? A lot of people can show you candor. A lot of people can show you care. Yeah. yeah. Courage. Courage is that anchor. Yeah. And courage is the one that's the hardest to find with candor and care on either side. Yeah. And you often find people that will say things like, not today, or not now, or this isn't the moment. Leaders don't get to make that choice. Mm. You don't get to make that choice. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. I, I love the idea of that balance as well, because I think it's very hard to continually have the authority to have that candor unless there's also the balance of care, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's nice. I think it's really good. Now, I, I just want to move to um, uh, you, you, you posted before and, and quite often about this idea of people focused. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to explore and get to that sort of root of what, what, what does that mean to you? People focused. I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, that is the mission of my company. OK, OK. So, awesome. uh, I spent about 22 years inside of organizations, which is amazing because I'm only 26. Obviously. No oh, nice. Early we start, right? Early start. It. Yeah, it was really, I was still in a, in a crib, actually, when I started. <laughs> and so I, I spent many years in organizations. I worked in startups. I worked in public companies, private companies, owner, founder-led organizations. I really had the good fortune and opportunity to work in all kinds of companies before I started Assemble HR. And the one thing I found that was interesting to me across banking and consumer packaged goods and retail, fashion, entertainment, media, was that people are people are people are people. Exactly. And well, isn't that interesting? And everyone seems to want the same thing from leaders and everybody wants to, the same thing from their team members and people are people. And when I work with teams, I seem to find the same opportunities on teams and the same challenges on teams. And so when I decided to build my own organization, I realized that what people tend to want more than anything else is to put the people back in the front. Yeah. And I think that is counter to what we've been saying for years. I sat in meetings for 20 years listening to people say, we need to put the business first. We need to put the business first. We always need to talk about the business first. Yeah. And it's really unpopular actually to say, let's put the people first. It sounds counterintuitive. But it's, isn't, do you not think it's really weird as well? And I, I did some consulting and, and came across a lot of human resources thinking that wasn't so human, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, Why? Why is that? I, you know, it's quite amazing because if you, if you sort of boil it all down, yep. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You don't have a business without your team, without yep. your human yep. resources. Yep. And so if you don't put those people first, those people cannot, cannot, and will not put your business first. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And so if you can figure out, which isn't hard to figure out, how to put your people first and make it clear to your people that they are the priority, the people will very clearly in turn feel that value and prioritize your business. You'll see the loyalty, you'll see the additional productivity, you'll see the retention. And we all know these metrics, they're not new. I just <clears throat> well, yeah. one, of the, one of the things I love about this is uh, that by taking this approach, actually, it's the customer service that really is actually the outcome of this. Because what happens is your uh, employee that's absolutely loving his job, is so engaged with what they he or she do, um, when they actually deal with uh, a customer, even if the customer is got some complaint and some issue that they're trying to deal with, actually they 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 own it. They want to genuinely help. They want to make sure of a great outcome. They want to protect the business. They want to do well for the customer. It's absolutely not about just getting rid of it. Somebody else's problem. It's a it's a fantastic thing on the customer service that that is one of the amazing outcomes of what you're describing as well. Absolutely. And you start to hear little tweaks. You start to hear that person use the term we. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yes. Love it. Yeah. Right. Love Not it. they. And you start to see that person want to stay on the phone with that customer. Yep. Three minutes longer because mm. they care so much about that customer's experience because they feel like it's a reflection of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because it's ownership. It's because they want to actually make sure that that gets resolved. And you're right. Those extra three minutes. It might even be three minutes beyond their their finish time. But those three minutes, actually, that is truly the sign that you've cracked it at that point. That's right. And so yeah. when we put our people first, if we can create organizations everywhere of all sizes, yeah, our people focused, those organizations will in turn become more successful productive yeah organizations yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. love it Brilliant. love it yeah so so let me let me ask you this next one because um i i was having a fantastic time reading around your website last week and uh there's some lovely stuff on there let me let me tell you uh, listeners please I, I, again i'll post the link in the bottom please go and look at jill's website um now you've said that your favorite quote is life begins outside of your comfort zone now, I am a massive subscriber to that. Okay, one of my favorite quotes and favorite challenges is to people is when was the last time you did something for the first time? <laughs> okay, which again is about getting outside of your comfort zone, right? And doing something difficult, whether it's at home, whether it's at work. So I love your quote. Okay, but you know, people like you and I probably need to provide some encouragement to others. So how can you, how do you suggest people actually go and get outside of the comfort zone and explain how that maybe you've done this well i love your question i want to answer it first okay sounds good um, i'll repeat it if you want i know <laughs> you just now i need i need to tell this story i just got back from a family vacation in maine yeah. um in maine in, in the united states which is uh, up north and it's yep. woodsy and and beautiful and i conquered one of my biggest Years. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. What was that then? I went on the world's most terrible death-defying ropes courses. <laughs> Lovely. I love it. Well done, you. Up in the trees. Up in the trees on on one of those stupid 
Is that a zip wire? It's a harness. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, a harness with the carabiners and the wires. And for, I don't know if I was up there for 10 hours or for 20 <laughs> minutes, but I, I, I was positive I was going to die. We, we can feel you reliving it now. <laughs> It's there right now. The trees are behind you as you're talking. I, I mean, and just just for the record, there were two levels. There was the they they didn't call it the you know the baby level and the yeah. advanced level. But when I got to the the beginning top part, the guide said, "Which level would you like to go on?" And I think I was already the color green. And he said, "Why don't you come over here?" And I was barely breathing at that point by the time i got to the the second or third i don't know what they call that obstacle let's call it an obstacle obstacle my children ages 11 and 14 had finished the entire first quarter <laughs> and they were on to the advanced the advanced course halfway through it screaming and laughing at me and the guide very kindly told me that most eight-year-olds finish the course I'm on in about 30 minutes. Oh. <laughs> but that is the first, that's the last time I did something for the first time out of my comfort zone. So I just want to... That's courage. That's courage right there. That's bravery and courage that's right brilliant. there. Brilliant. Yeah. You have to continue feeling that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I want to make the point that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it, that's that's okay, though. Right. It wasn't fun. Yeah. And it and and I knew that it wasn't going to be fun. And that's OK, because I did it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point. Isn't why, it, did you, you go, why did you do it? Why did you do it? I did it because of two things. Yeah, I did it because. First of all, I had to prove a point to my husband. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good move. That's a, that's that's a, good a great move. first point, yeah. Okay. Um, but I did it because part of what I believe is I'm out in the world telling people about the importance of candor, courage, and care, and the importance of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, and how it doesn't feel comfortable to go outside of your comfort zone. And I think... How dare I talk about that without constantly reminding myself of what it feels like to have sweaty palms mm. and to have that pit in my stomach that I'm going to die and for a long time. And <laughs> we all get that feeling for different reasons. For some sure. people, it's, it's speaking in front of a crowd. And for some people, it's having that conversation with your direct report. And for some people, it's entering into a conflict. And for me, it's 30 feet up in the air on a ridiculous wire hanging from <laughs> a harness. But having that feeling and remembering that it it's not enjoyable and it doesn't feel good and you want it to be over, but you still have to do it. And when you're done, you're okay. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You're okay. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you've tied it back to the workplace and your leadership and what it is that you that you help people out with, because that's the really important thing. And uh, that's why I love challenging myself, you know, and even if it's even if it's simple stuff like uh, I've never cooked, uh, I don't know, a turkey on the barbecue before. Right. 
Uh, just even simple stuff like that. Anything that you've then got to think about how you do this, how you overcome it, what, what are the obstacles in the way that I've got to get around? All of that kind of thing is people forget that that is what you do at work on a daily basis, which is why that getting out of your comfort zone is really important. So I absolutely love your approach and I love the fact that that's your favourite quote. And I've got to say a guilty admission here now. We were in Vegas at HR Tech last year and there's this zip wire thing that you kind of, you lie flat and you go down on. And Andy says to me, he says, come on, we're doing this. And I was like, no, no, no. I even offered to pay for him, Jill. When we go back, I have to now do that because of this episode. There you go. I'm going to buy you a That's ticket. what I have to do now. I mean, so because of you, Jill. So thank I, you. I, you're welcome. And um, you'll feel better when you get to the other end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might close my eyes. I would recommend it. Don't look down. Don't look down. So, so listeners, you're going to have to hold me to account on that. Andy will come back and report back. Can't wait. Can't, might have a whole podcast on that, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I think it's me. I've got a que- I've got a question for you because that's that's that feels like a challenge, right? And and that's beautiful. And thank you for that story because that is that it brings it all to life. And that's that is fantastic. What bringing it back to that that CHRO role at the moment, you know, you're doing that role, you know. You're seeing that with other CHROs. What 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 are the kind of key challenges you're seeing right now? And what advice can you can you you offer to people in mm-hmm. HR? Because HR is feeling a lot of the brunt of what's going on with the whole COVID piece and remote working and hybrid working and getting people back to the office. Oh, the 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 struggles right now for CHROs are oh my goodness, there there are so many. Um, yeah. So I would say globally, you know, everything that falls under the the rubric of what we call the new normal, right? Yep. Uh, because the way that we look at work is not the same. And I don't yep. think it's going to ever be the same. Uh, so work forces have shrunk. They've, they've, gotten, they've gotten smaller. Many organizations have gone through furloughs or reductions in force. The CHRO is a person who's at the middle of the organization helping to understand how, when, or if that's going to change, how the people that were negatively impacted can or will be re-entered or ultimately exited, what those communications are going to be look like. Um, making sure they're handled with candor, courage, and care. Yep, definitely. Of course, yeah. making sure that the people that remain are are handled equally caringly, uh, because those people now have not less, but actually more work, more pressure, mm. more financial pressure on fewer people. What does that look like? add on the extra pressure and strain of what does work like look like in a COVID environment. So what does remote look like? How long does remote go on? What does that communication look like? What are the compliance issues? Uh, In certain regions and geographies, what's happening in the home life? So as the fall comes back in different countries and states, what's happening in school? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? great That's question. A huge topic for, for a lot yeah. of organizations, which is 
if you have organizations where you have moms, dads, caregivers, if kids aren't going back to school, but you're going to be reopening your office in some way, what do you do about care? Yep. And that then brings on other very big issues regarding potential discrimination. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right? So, I mean, what, what's actually happening here is the beginning of a potential snowball of issues that I think CHROs need to have their eyes and ears open to that, you know, the balance, the the hours the the policies the relationship building just all of what the new norm is going to look like everything is being tossed around and needs to be re-looked at uh and then the entire societal landscape has changed um most particularly in the u.s following the horrible horrible events of george floyd yeah, sure yeah yeah, yeah the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the things happening there, there is a, a new spotlight shining on all things related to diversity and inclusion, which yeah. PS shouldn't be new. Yeah, of um, course it shouldn't. Yeah, it should already be there. That's right. It's It's been this important all along, Yeah, yeah. but is now finally getting the voice that it should have been getting. And so, just layering that on top of all of this, mm. the role of the CHRO, I think, in the past six to eight months has tripled yeah. in its spotlight. Jill, do you think that people in HR at the moment are actually ready and prepared for all of this? Do you think they do you think they've got this just waiting to happen and can pull it out of the bag? I would say generally very few do. Yeah. And I would say that up to this point, very few CHROs have had the platform or the resources mm. to be ready for this level of expectation. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. To deliver to their organization. And and at least in, in my client base, I see CEOs turning to their CHRO now and saying, how are we going to handle all of this? <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. CHRO saying, wait, hold on a second. Stop. Suddenly you're turning, to me. you're turning to me and I've been talking to you for years about yeah. DNI and I've been talking to you for years about going remote and I've been hearing no, 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 no. And so yeah. suddenly things that, you know, I, I recall personally speaking at an event in New York um, called Purpose 2020 in I guess it, I think it was in the fall of 2019 and I did a talk on remote work and yeah. I and I laugh and and in my talk I said within the next five years remote work is going to take over our <laughs> and and I could pull up my deck and I was fantastic there's the crystal there's the crystal ball moment right <laughs> there hey, right that's amazing um and I had all the statistics as to why I believed it was going yeah. to take over in five years. Two things I didn't know was that five years was a little bit expanded in terms of my time frame. <laughs> um, and I did not predict a global virus, but everything else. Um, and I remember sitting in a room of people, half of whom said to me, it will never happen in my company. Yeah, well, haven't those been people been proved wrong? It's 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 incredible how fast things like that can turn. And you know, your prediction of five years 
uh, I'm, I'm sure at the time without COVID was was spot on because uh, if we if I'd, me and Ian had been stood next to you, we'd have had that same conversation yeah. and uh, been saying the same thing, quite honestly, because we've been talking about this uh, for a while. We, we truly believe that that's coming around the corner for, for lots of people. But I, I know that, that you have a huge following, okay, uh, across the US and further. Um, I know that you've got a, a vast amount of followers on, on LinkedIn that consume your amazing content and your videos and everything. But I want to ask you about that network because this is really important for leaders and leaders that look at LinkedIn and especially other tools and don't really quite get the usage out of him. Do you actually go out and build your network uh, actively or is it a more passive thing that just happens? Which is your approach? Do you mean with LinkedIn? Yeah, let's take that as, the, as a starting point because it's. The, I know there's other connections and uh, yeah, followers beyond that. Um, I think the answer is yes and no. Um, okay. To me, there there is nothing more important than networking because mm -hmm. for me, that's how I learn. Exactly, so great one. I'm learning by knowing you today, both of you, and and now you're going to be in my network. And Absolutely. after today, you'll meet, you'll know someone that you think I should know. Yeah, and yeah. By virtue of hearing that Andy knows this person and thinks I should know them, and that person will reach out and say, Andy Davies said that I should, I'll talk to that person. Yeah. Um, and that to me is the best way for all of us to learn and grow as people, as humans, as Fantastic. friends, as executives. And that is how I grow my network. Um, I do have people reach out to me blind or cold yeah. very often um, and I try to personally accept as many as I can where I believe I'll have the opportunity to learn something myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't accept every single one. I certainly do not accept anything that's inappropriate. Too true. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really important because unfortunately that still happens. Yep. Um, and as a female executive who takes career very seriously, LinkedIn is not anything other than a place where I want to grow my career and my executive following. Yep. But people that are sending me messages where I believe I'm going to learn something and gain something, or maybe someone can learn something from me. Mm -hmm. I, I love to learn that way, but I'm certainly more interested in what I'm going to learn from you or someone that knows you. So there's a personal connection. Love it. Love it. Um, and I also, um, I, I'm sure you know, but I also run my own virtual networking program. Yep. Uh, and so I teach people how to network. And I think that's probably what's most important to me. It is my passion project, and that's called the Assemble Network. Uh, and so that's a program that I run on a monthly basis and yep. we accept 12 people per month and each month is a separate private cohort. Uh, wow. Oh, I like yeah, that. One. I love it. Great. I like recipe. this one a lot. Oh, I'm glad I asked that question in that case. Now, can I just talk about network just for everybody that's listening, right? So, um, so for leaders out there and aspirant leaders, building your network is really important, be it passive or active, okay? It is, it is the thing that you will draw on in your career. 
And one of the greatest quotes that I got told years ago, right, years ago, 20, 25 years ago, was build your network before you need it. Okay. Now, I, I can honestly put hand on heart and say I've actually got two jobs in my life out of my network where I left one job, walked into another job days later, simply because I picked up the phone to somebody. And I've done that twice, right? And that's purely on the basis of network. And uh, I know that there's 10 other reasons or 100 other reasons to have a great network, but there's just one of them. Jill, what do you reckon? I love that. And I thought you were going to say your network is your net worth. Oh, oh. It's a beautiful thing that is, isn't it? I like that. I like that. There you go. I'll I'll have that one. one. I'll write that one down. (laughs) And I I couldn't agree more. Um, And I will tell you also an amazing story. Um, And this is a story about my husband that reminds me of of your share, which I so appreciate you sharing. Um, My husband, uh, my husband quit a job once um, because he had a an ethical disagreement with a person that he was working with. 10 out of 10 for doing it then. What was that? 10 out of 10, really good, good decision. Yep, and and yep. he, you know, he, I remember he called me at about 8.30 in the morning one day and he said, I just quit, I was starting a meeting, he said, I just quit my job. And I said, <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you what? Um, I just quit my job and I, and I said, wait, ready for this guys? What the? did you just say? Um, and you know, I had to hang up and go into a meeting and he called a very dear friend of his who was in the city at the time who just started his own business. And that friend was renting office space in a, in a small office. And that friend said to him, Holy moly, come sit here, you know, just come sit for the day. And so my husband, with his work bag, you know, across his shoulder, came yeah. with came with his laptop and his bag, and you know, huffing and puffing, having just quit a job and walked out, came and sat down in his friend's office with his laptop for the day. It was now, you know, 9 a.m. Yeah. and just kind of sent some emails for the day. And at the end of the day, his friend said to him again, "Listen, if you want to come back tomorrow and and just." sit with us for the day it's totally fine so the next morning my husband got on the train and Mm -hmm. commuted back into new york city and sat in his friend's office to just network a little bit that was eight years ago (laughs) my husband is the coo of that person's company now oh that's fantastic love it i love that story Love that. And so that is a real live story of how your network is your net worth that yeah. every person, you know, and I tell my children this, I could call one in right now to tell you that every interaction, you have, every interaction is going to be one of three things. It's yeah. going to be positive. It's going to be neutral or it's going to be negative. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Every interaction with every yeah. person anywhere. And so you have to just think about that. Love it. Love it. Straightforward. Yeah. Ian. Awesome. Well, I, I think I think we're kind of because we've we've talked a bit about leadership and how it's going to change. So I suppose do, do you have any sort of uh, sort of distilled views on because in a way it's been a terrible crisis, right? It's an absolute terrible crisis, but there has been an opportunity 
to completely humanize some of those aspects, which were maybe, you know, it was a bit of a facade inside corporations in the past in terms of leadership. Um, and now the CHRO has absolutely got the ear, ear of everybody in the business mm -hmm. because they're, they're going, well, this is a this is a really, really powerful people matter. What are we going to do about it? So how do you think in sort of summary leadership will change post COVID? Has it changed for good? I think the word empathy is probably the answer to that question. I yeah. think. I think that the word empathy was an interesting conversation and maybe debate yeah. before COVID, <clears throat> pardon me. And I think that up to, up to now, we have had good discussion about what is needed from leadership. Mm. Now, there isn't a person on mm. planet Earth, not a person on planet Earth, and I wanna make sure I'm quoted, on that okay <laughs> we'll get that that has not endured a loss no one yeah. yep agreed no one's no one has escaped covid and our losses are all personal they're all different they all range for some of us it's been our loss of freedom to just live the lives we used to live just get on a bus and go where we want to go mask free go to the go to the gym and work out or go on an airplane and visit our family or put our arms around a family member that we love mm -hmm. all the way down to the the loss of a person that we love and even the ability to hold their hand in the hospital and and everything in between but nobody nobody has gotten out of this unscathed yeah and so Empathy now is is not optional. It's not optional. We can no longer move forward with success yeah. without being around other people that are willing to accept how we feel, what we've experienced, and what we all will need to get through and get over and yeah you know, grieve, whatever that looks like for each person. And so I think that's going to be the biggest component and change. And I think that will take all forms. And I don't, I don't know how it will look in every different company. I actually think that's the interesting work for talent leaders and business leaders going yeah. forward. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm, Totally with you uh, with, with that. Uh, so we're, we're approaching the end, okay? We're rapidly turning the, the last corner now. Um, so before we get to that point, I just want to uh, find out your thoughts. What's your leadership legacy going to be? Ooh. Independent, happy, loving, children that do good things in the world two of them my daughter and my son that'll do won't it yeah that'll do well thank you thank you everybody can learn from that and uh, what a brilliant answer to end on okay we don't need uh, we don't need to go any more of that um ian i've i've really enjoyed that talk with you it's been absolutely fantastic you know yeah I, and I feel like we've been together in a room. So people talk about technology and, and yeah. all this sort of stuff, you know, and you know what? It's it's felt um, 
you know, I've been moved by the stories. Um, oh, yeah. it, it's moved me to commit to Andy that I'll go on that blooming um, sky train. Uh, thing. And, I, and I, I was sat there just after I said it, I was already getting fearful. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. it's been brilliant. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for letting us uh, soak up some of your brilliance and some of your leadership thoughts. Uh, I really want everybody um, that's listening to uh, go and look at your website because I've spent time looking at it and I'm inspired by the videos. I love the fact we talked about um, HR Assemble and you know, the virtual networks that you've got there. I think those sound amazing as well. Um, and in terms of your network, you're networked across the states. I hope that from coast to coast, people actually take time to listen to the podcast and then go and find you. Okay, but before we actually call it a day, uh, and I promised you this at the start, we asked you to give us some resources. What resources, Jill, would you like to leave us with? That's so nice. Thank you. Uh, Well, my website is www.hrassemble.com. I'm all over LinkedIn. It's just Jill Katz, K-A-T-Z. We're HR Assemble on Instagram. Um, I am eminently findable. So <laughs> happy to connect uh, with anyone. And the two of you are so magnificent. I feel so lucky that, <laughs> that I got to spend this time with you. I loved your questions. They were so thought provoking. And I hope that the day comes when we can all get on airplanes and I yeah. can watch you fly. I will have my heart in my mouth, but I'll be thinking about yeah. the words you told me. Okay. And I'll be on the two feet on the ground watching the, you. The, and I know Andy will be by my side laughing with tears. Laughing. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, Jill Katz, that's absolutely amazing. We will post all of your links at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, you've been amazing. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for giving that freely. Um, we look forward to sharing this with everybody. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to wrap up and say, everybody, um, please go and look at the show notes and consume those and visit Jill and uh, see if you can connect with her. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, this has been Leadership, the Future and Tea, and our very special guest is Bill G- Jill Katz. Thanks again. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Thank everyone. You. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so we can continue to reach more people and spread the message.